This is Quarantine Chronicles, episode 22, for March 21st. To my virtual left, we got Jason. Hello. To my virtual left, we've got Angel. What's up? No, he's on your right. What? He said virtual left twice, unless Angel and I are sitting on top of You guys are both on my left today. Today's a very special occasion. Angel, could you please go off my lap, please? As long as I'm all the way on top. Well, you were on my lap. Always on top. So. (laughs) What is up, Angel? How are you guys doing? Pretty good. It's been a pretty chill week. Not much really happened as far as just, like, events or anything. And, yeah, I do include Zack Snyder in that comment. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been chill. It's been good. Jason, what about you? I feel like even though at this point we talk every week, whether it be for, like, random Nintendo or this podcast, I feel like it's actually been ages since I've talked to you guys. Really? I don't know what it is yeah. between our yeah, recording it- of this episode and last week's RN, but I don't know. It just felt like a month since we've talked. If anything, Kevin, it's been less time because daylight savings happened in between. So we're actually an hour closer together than normal. I didn't even, I didn't even (laughs) notice that we had lost an hour. Really? I definitely felt it a little. Um, probably because I didn't like go sleep any earlier or anything. So if anything, I stayed up later. So I feel like I kind of backfired because I just lost an hour. But usually it doesn't affect me, but I definitely felt it on Monday. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I will say, though... Yeah, it doesn't help that I see I that I chat with Jason on Wednesday for some streams that we sometimes do. It doesn't help. So... <laughs> We're friends. Yeah, and I think, um well, on occasion... I mean, not this Monday that just passed, but on some occasions on Monday, we'll also play games with some friends online. So it, it definitely makes the week go by faster, if that makes sense. We we probably, honestly, have more um like social engagements, for lack of a better term, since going into lockdown since covid than prior like we staying out like once a week now it's like three times a week for yeah it kind of kind of which is same but different yeah no it's fine it's fine well lucky for you the world's opening back up slowly but surely so you'll be back to being able to not hear my voice in your ear every two days pretty soon well we could only hope but i did um i did have a i did have a bone to pick i have a question do you guys both have airpods yeah yeah I, I have. Tense. Wait, what? Do you have and or had past tense? AirPods? I have some. I find I lost my right ear AirPod, and I finally replaced it. I had to go to Apple's website. Was it a hundred bucks? Way more money than I, than the. Uh, yep. Yeah. How much, much is it for one air? One. It's a hundred for one. Oh, like taxes and shipping included. Yeah, it's pretty much hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. Well, good thing I found my. Because yeah, I I was I had a bone to pick here because like. I love the AirPods. I've had them for a couple of weeks now. But walking in, so I, I am temporarily still recording at my parents' house because the sound's better here. Like no worries of neighbors and their noise or teaching piano lessons and there's echoes in my apartment. Anyway, so I'd walk into my parents' house to record. Drop the AirPods on the ground. No big deal. Come in. You know, they just fell straight down. I picked them up, came in, set up, was about to hop on the call with you guys to record. And then I look in my AirPod case and there's just an AirPod missing. Now I put it in yesterday and what happened was when it hit the ground – even though this thing is pretty secure, somehow the AirPod case opened, the left earbud flew out, and it was like six or seven feet away in the dirt, like buried in the dirt. And it was like kind of weird because this thing's supposed to like – it should be able to handle some rough and tumble stuff. They advertise you can like exercise with it. And then 
one fall and then AirPod somehow shoots out of a closed case seven feet away? Like, how does that even happen? It always happens to me. It always <laughs> happens to me when I get out of my car when I get to work because I always have one of the AirPods in my ear and the case, like, you know, around the end, the edge of the seat or just like on me. So as soon mm-hmm. as I get up, the case goes flying 60 feet in one direction and then the other AirPod goes 60 feet the <laughs> other direction. And sometimes it goes under vehicles and I <laughs> just like look like an idiot crawling under cars to try and <laughs> get this one AirPod. It, it's funny because like I never thought – you know, people say they lose their AirPods. I'm like, oh, they probably just leave them out of the case. Like I've done that a few times. Like I don't need a char- – you know, I'm using it for 10 minutes here and then and in a meeting in an hour. I don't need to charge it in between. It's fine. So I just leave them on top of the laptop or whatever. But so I was like, oh, well, maybe that's how people lose them. You know, it falls off. A pet comes in, swipes it away, whatever. I didn't expect like the case would just like let them fly out so easily. I mean I guess that's the trade-off of the fact that the case you can open with you know one finger and it's actually kind of fun like clicking a ballpoint pen. But um, yeah, I, I really did not expect AirPods to be that like loose in their case, so to speak. It's kind of a surprise. I guess the magnets aren't very strong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess they're only good for, for keeping it close in your bag, but I mean, an impact of any kind is definitely going to flip it open. Like, I'm pretty sure that's happened to me at least once, but I guess, yeah, not enough to realize that it wasn't there later. But and I, I, and I was, of course, naive. Like, I pick it up. I'm like, oh, no, did I get a scuff on the case? Like, that's the issue, not the AirPod shooting into, like, you know, a dirt pile. Or even worse, it, now that I think about it, right next to where it fell is, like, a rain gutter. Like a like a, like a a thing on the ground, like a storm drain sort of thing in our front yard. Um, yeah, that could have been really bad if it went through there. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I guess, I guess it worked out. But, Dang, poor yeah. thing. So I know, I know, first of all, problem over here. But yeah, just I thought I I was very surprised that it opens that easily on its own. So I thought I'd share. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing your traumatic moment. But yeah. Very traumatic. Very. There are rumors that the next generation of iPods are about to get announced, and they're going to have the form factor of the Pros. Yes, which I don't know how I feel about. They apparently will have the same sort of like ear suction situation. Just without the noise cancellation technology, which, you know, buying these like a month ago, less, um, I heard that rumor, saw that rumor and decided, you know what? Like, I don't like, I mean, do you guys prefer in-ear or like, like what's your preferred headphone tech? Cause for me, I can't do like the noise cancellation. Like it sucks in that, like cuts off the air in your ear. Like it feels too weird. Like I'm okay with more of the, I don't like the way the AirPod, uh, iPod headphone tile type. Yeah, where it's a little I thought loose. the AirPods one were super comfy. Um, I'm okay with the yeah. other kinds with the suction ones, but you know, if, if I have the option, I would always pick the the AirPods style ones over the the ones with the rubber tip. But I mean, I've been. I mean, I had. I mean, I guess I still have my AirPods, but they only last like 20 minutes before they die, just because the battery's so old. So I got like these. I guess third-party ones. I guess they're not really third-party because they just make for anybody. I guess they are, but they're like Lipertex. They're they have everything I love about the AirPods, except for you know the, I guess how it fits in the ear. Like pretty much exactly that what we we're talking about. Like it has the rubber end, and you know it doesn't have the the chip that makes it just connect instantly, which is always really awesome. So so that is definitely. A little bit of a bummer, but the fact that it lasts like so many hours, like it could go so like such a long time without charging it, 
And, you know, it still sounds really good. I think it's a fair trade-off. Also, the fact that it's, like, a third of the price of AirPods, so I can't exactly ignore that either. But, yeah. What what type of, like, end does it have? Is it just, like, plastic, like, regular AirPods? No, 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 no I, I said it has, or... like, the rubber tip ones. That's, like, the, that, that's oh, like the trade-off. Right. Essentially. Right, right. So it's more like the Pro. Yeah. Which is fine, because for most people, that's a selling point. But for you and me, it's like, oh, no, I just want the loose plastic in my ear. Yeah. I, I mean, what, I have the pros and I've, I do perform, I do perform, <laughs> I do prefer do the form factor of the pros, uh, as opposed mm. to the regular AirPods. But I don't use any of the features that come with the AirPod Pro. So I don't use the, the, uh, active noise cancellation. I don't use their, I think it's called like their transparency mode. Yeah. And I don't use spatial audio. So like these new uh AirPods would actually be perfect for me because they just be like very basic, very basic uh AirPod Pros. But sorry too late. I don't know. Well, if you if you end up losing them again, hopefully not, but if you do, there's your upgrade path. You get cheaper but identical form factor. Yeah. Oh, and then supposedly these new ones are going to be more expensive than the uh current gen AirPods. Of course they are. Of course I they are. I will say though. Like... Yeah, and I mean, I I got mine at a steal cuz I used um there's this Amazon deal for anyone out there that has American Express. Uh if you link your card and you pay with points, you can get up to $40 off anything of your choosing regardless of if it's already on sale. All you need to do is pay with a single Amex point and they use cash if you want or you use all your Amex points. Um but yeah, so I got the wireless charging case $200 AirPod, normal AirPods, uh, for 120 I think, between all the various discounts that were going on. So I was pretty content with that. But yeah, I imagine if they raise the base price to 200 or 220 or whatever, that's going to be a bit of a jump for a lot of people, understandably. Yeah, absolutely. Every now and then, I still look at those AirPods Max just like... Oh, they look just, they look bulky, honestly. Look nice. Like, well, that, that leads to oh. another question: with over ears, do you prefer like with ones you wear on your head? Do you prefer over ear, on ear? Because a lot of people have different preferences. Oh, what's the difference between over ear and on ear? So over ear is where it cups around your ear. On ear, on ear is where it sits on top of your ear. Like if you look at like Beats, like Studios versus Solos, like Solos yeah, sit like so... on the ear, like the pad goes directly right, on the ear and. Long. It's literally Studios pressing on your like ear, and the other ones like technically yeah. don't touch your ear. It's like just going all the way around. Yeah. So the advantage of the on ear theoretically is it leaves more airflow around your ear, so your ears don't get as warm because they're not like trapped inside a thing. They just have something resting on them. But the advantage of over ears, you know, the pressure of the thing like resting on your ear directly. But you might get warmer. Your ears might get warmer because obviously there's less airflow going to them. Those are kind of the trade offs. And of course, um, there's probably different sound qualities. Like I would, I would assume, uh, on ear has uh, more ambient noise leaking through, and you can't really do as well with uh, oh, noise cancellation. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see the differences. Uh, over ear, all the way. Okay, good. You're you're a normal, sane person. Good. <laughs> what about you, Angel? Oh, yeah, Are you also sane? Oh yeah, so, I know. So right? For me as well. Like over ears, I, I never even thought of it as like a something to like debate it's just like it, it just feels it's way more comfortable i mean especially like having to use like over your headphones or headphones like all day like the arctic sevens that i use um are just super super comfy and the ones that i had at home um these sennheisers i used to have some over your ones but then i got some wireless ones some wireless sennheiser ones and i give the other one to my brother 
And those, unfortunately, had, like, on-ear ones. But eventually, the fabric started tearing. So I just ordered, like, over-ear pads through Amazon. And I just put them on this. And now, like, I could use these for hours, like, without, you know, feeling the pain. Because you definitely do feel pain after, like, even less than an hour with the on-ears. At least for me, I do. Like, just annoying. But Yeah, that happens, the fabric tear, I feel like, with all my over-ears, too. Um, like before I got the AirPods, not that they replaced them, I used both of them interchangeably, but I did have a pair of Beats 3 Studio, Beats Studio 3, Beats 3 Studio, which was the, the Beats that aren't overly bassy, like the ones that are actually more like normal. Uh, and it was like, you know, an over, the first Apple headphone with over, uh, over ear headphone with some of the AirPod functionality. So I did that. Um, and you know, it, it started to fray. It, the, the pleather is starting to come off. Some of the plastic starting to chip, but like I've had before that multiple bows. Uh, and all of them after a while, like that pleathery, plasticky over ear, earmuff stuff just comes off and just starts fraying. And then, you know, I walk away and I have all these like specks on my ears and I look like I have some sort of like skin condition or something. I don't know. But then, um, the annoying thing is both with beats and with bows, it sounds like he's dodged this angel, but, um, they don't really sell replacement ear, um, cups mm. you basically have to get new headphones at that point at least from what i can tell there's no way to pop them off i could be very wrong and i could have wasted hundreds of dollars but i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure they do not come off which is something that the airpod pros or the airpod max that we were starting to talk about does is it uses magnets to let you pop off the earmuffs so you're buying something long term at that like 580 price or whatever yeah. which is pretty nice oh yeah um over here all the way and I mean, I guess I will give some credit where credit's due to the, just like to kind of double back a little to the, the rubber tip ones we were talking about, the ear, earbuds. Mm-hmm. When I have had, I have used some in the past or I have owned some where if I get it to fit just right and you get that like actual full enclosure, like I feel like the basis always sounds so good. Like I don't think I've ever had it compared mm-hmm. like to any other ones, but you know, like it's not, it just doesn't always feel the most comfortable, but. I know it's like I've had amazing sounding music on it before, but yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like because they seal off the air, the the flow of the yeah noise into your ears is just that much better. Like I did, I'm so scientific. The flow of the noise, but you know, it, it is just that much better because you don't have any ambient background that can possibly get in or any escape for the sound to get out away from your ear. Mm-hmm. Like case in point, um, when we first started recording remotely a year ago, I was using wired headphones. Like just wired, like iPod earbud style headphones, one to come with iPhones. And uh, I remember Kevin, when you're editing it, you, you're like, Jason, the, you, I can hear us on the recording through your headphone. Cause the way that they do the airflow on those is like, they don't care. They're $10 headphones. So, like it was just leaking audio. So yeah, the, with bass, that would just completely kill the, any sort of oomph that you would feel. Cause it's all kind of just dispersing. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that, you know, the tighter seal, the better. Yeah. As uncomfortable as it may be for some. Cool. <laughs> So before we get to today's singular topic, mm. or depending, we have to give you, listener, your bi-weekly SoCal COVID update. Jason, the jingle, you dirty, dirty slut. I, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I felt appropriate. You know what's funny is I actually had okay I'm gonna do it and it will make that work because I was gonna go co 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 covid which is a copyrighted tune so I am sort of stealing it and being dirty about it so that did actually work Kevin you didn't know it would but it did 
kind Perfect. of. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so there was your jingle. I already did it in the midst of a sentence. But All right, thank you, Jason, for that. <laughs> um, all right, so since the last update, uh, a lot of SoCal counties have uh, moved from the purple tier to the red tier, which I feel like that should definitely be the other way around. Because mm. I feel like the color red should always be associated with, like, the most extreme cases. Is there any reason why it's purple at the top? I think it's mirroring how weather works, which doesn't give a good reason. But weather goes, like, yellow, orange, red, purple, black. In terms of, like, you know, if you look at, like, tornado warnings and stuff, like, it escalates that same way. So I, I imagine it's just as they keep going deeper, what's a deeper red? It's either brown, which just looks muddy, or you, you know throw a little white into the mix as you deepen in, you get kind of like a purple or a little blue into the mix or whatever. That's my guess, but yeah, yeah. it's, it is backwards. I think red should be like red alert, high alert. Yeah. Well, regardless of, of whatever the reason being, uh, red pretty much means that places such as gyms, schools, restaurants, places of that nature are allowed to open with modified guidelines. I saw that gyms can only open at 10% capacity, and I believe restaurants and theaters are able to open up at 25% indoor capacity. Damn. The reason for this is because Californians have actually been very good about getting the vaccine. Distribution is still a bit rocky, although that's tightened up recently. And then uh, Biden has gone on record uh, saying that all adults in every state should be able to receive the vaccines by May 1st. Which be is able great. to schedule an appointment by May 1st and then get the first shot by May 31st or 30th. Is there a May 31st? My man made up a date. There is, right? May has the 31st. I, <laughs> but, I, yeah, only, it's, I only um, ever heard the May 1st date. He, he was saying that you, uh, you should be able to go out and get an appointment by May 1st, I believe. Like every state should be at capacity to accept adult appointments starting May 1st, I think is what it was. Gotcha. Well, I mean, regardless, yeah. that's Either way, that's like good. a month from now. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Month and a half. I know there there are still essential workers out there who still haven't gotten received it, so that's good for them. That's good for some normies like us who still haven't received. And none of us three have received it, correct? My mom just got it, like literally, just came home while we're recording right now, getting it. Nice. That was, yeah. I was able to make an uh, appointment, that. but still haven't gotten it though. Which means you'll actually be lined up, Angel, to have it all done just in time for it to open its doors to everyone. Potentially, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Right. So there is sort of this light at the end of the tunnel, but there are some speed bumps, like new mutated strains. And I'm seeing articles that maybe the vaccines out there aren't great at keeping the new strains out. So it looks like yeah. booster shots are just going to be needed every It's going to be like a flu shot. Done. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm curious to see... If with this second reopening, we get a new wave, what would it be? Wave four or five of infections? <laughs> At this point, who knows? Wave too many is what it would be. Um, yeah, I think it's like four. Yeah. Maybe so four. we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I will say it's it's very weird. Um, nothing. So most of the country has had indoor dining at some capacity for the past little while. But L.A., it's very new. And it's definitely jarring the first time going to a restaurant and hearing them go for here to go in 12 months like that was super weird as was like walking through <laughs> just straight up freak you out to go 
it didn't freak me out, but just like it felt both more, it felt like this weird return to normalcy, and at the same time, like this sort of like tense, like oh god, I can eat here. Oh, uh, you're, you're probably saying like, oh, can you say that again, I, slower. Yeah, I was like, please just say it like an ASMR, ASMR video. Just whisper it. No, <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was really strange to hear, and then to see people sitting inside, or to see people waiting for their to-go food inside instead of like you know places have a patio that usually have you hang out on the patio. Like it's. It's interesting. It's, it, it does feel like there's a sense of normalcy. And I walked past a movie theater the other day. It was open. There were people in it. It was very strange. Mm. It does feel like we're kind of rounding a corner, even if maybe with all the strains and stuff, like you were saying, Kevin, it's probably a little too soon. Like not 100 million vaccines are out there, but that's only a third of the country. Two-thirds still don't have it. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, so. there are those people that just ref- straight up refuse to get the vaccine, so... Yeah. I don't know how much yeah. percent of the country that uh, makes up, but what what is kind of interesting is I saw a stat that uh, a lot of the health professionals were concerned that people would not follow up with their second one, be like, "Oh, it's fine," you know, for Moderna and Pfizer. Obviously, J and J is just the one, but oh, it's fine. I don't need a second one. I got the thing. I'm I'm protected. Apparently, with the early vaccines, so you know, among medical professionals, among some essential workers, among uh, senior citizens, where it's provided to them and they don't have to go anywhere. Uh, 97% of people actually followed through on uh, getting those second shots. So if that holds, that's really encouraging. 97? Gotcha. <laughs> 97, yeah. That sounds substantial. I think that number was calculated off of how many first vaccinations were given and then what was the raw total of second vaccinations given. So it wasn't necessary, you know, how many people got both, even though you can't get the second shot first. But just to be clear, it was like the raw count of shot one versus shot two, and it was 97% of shot one was also shot two. If that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, a little too yeah. much sense. But yeah. So encouraging all around. Although we might be moving a little too fast. I remember last QC I was saying, like, oh, I don't know how I feel. Like, is it too fast? Is it not? I gave it some thought. I feel like it's slightly too fast because 100 million is great. That's a ton of people. Like, the fact that, you know, Angel, you have one scheduled now and like a bunch of our friends are starting to get them. Like, that's awesome. But like, still not the majority of people or even half. So it might be a little fast. But that's yeah. just me. I'm not a medical professional. Yeah, you definitely are not. Yeah, you definitely are not. <laughs> definitely not. I just happen to have one as a father. All right, cool. Okay, so this is the part where I usually say, now on to the Uh-oh. good stuff. What happened? Oh, no, no, no. Just like anticipating what you're about to say. He's, <laughs> he's worried about what you're about. He he senses Snyder's presence. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know yeah. if on to the good stuff is so fitting here. Onto the long stuff. Onto the, the big, yeah, long, long never-ending. Yeah. Let's get to it. So on Thursday, March 18th, HBO Max released Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. the Snyder Cut. Uh, hashtag the Snyder Cut. Hashtag, hashtag the Snyder Cut. past tense the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Going forward, because there's no way of talking about this movie without talking about 2017's mm-hmm. Justice League. So... Is it cool if we refer to that movie as Justice League and this one as the Snyder Cut? Snyder Cut. Yeah. You guys on board with that? Yeah. I think colloquially that's kind of how it's shaken out anyway. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, uh... Colloquially. I don't know... Yeah, big word. I I don't know who of our audience wouldn't know this, but for those who don't, this movie was directed by the titular Zack Snyder director of such beloved movies as Man of Seal and Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, two critically acclaimed movies that weren't divisive at all, 
universally loved <laughs> by many. You know, really peak cinema. Peak, peak cinema. No one. Cinema. There's not a single person that dislikes any of these movies. Um, and if you go further back, not a single person had any qualms with Watchmen. Yeah, at all. Yeah. It was and perfect, exactly the vision of Alan Moore, hundred percent. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Sucker Punch, like how how is anybody still making movies after Sucker Punch? You know, it's 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 the uh, Casablanca of its time. Yeah, exactly. The Godfather of its time. Because those two movies are also very important to this movie, to the Snyder Cut. I feel like we should give our thoughts on those movies. Nothing deep, though. Like, I don't want to spend 30 minutes talking about Man of Steel or Batman or Superman. So, I guess we'll just start off with, like, what what did you guys think of Man of Steel? From what I recall of it at the time, and uh-huh. keep in mind, this was the first thing after the Batman trilogy that Christopher Nolan did. Christopher Nolan was the exec producer on Man of Steel. I couldn't help but make parallels to the Batman movies and going like, oh, well, if Batman's supposed to be like, you know, what is good, what is bad, like this Man of Steel thing is like, what is human, what is God? And they ran with it so much <laughs> that just like, like it was okay, but it, to me it just felt like it was trying to follow the beats of the Batman movies, but be about gods instead. And I don't, and at, like it was kind of, like I just, I couldn't help but not compare it to like Dark Knight, even though it was pretty different, different director and everything. And I think that did sort of skew my perspective, but I thought it was okay. I, I, I like some parts of it. I think the ending was a bit unexpected when Superman, you know, um, what was it? Snaps. Oh, spoil, spoilers for literally oh, yeah, every, spoiler everything. Spoiler for, two, spoiler spoiler for, for a movie that, from 2014. And just, just in general, everything that we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. This is spoiler filled. If you have not watched four hours of the Snyder Cut or two hours of Joss Whedon's Justice League or two and a half hours of Batman vs. Superman or two hours of Man of Steel, go do all that and then come back. That's um, a lot of but yeah i mean that that's kind of my take is it just uh felt a little it reminded me too it felt like it was trying to be dark knight to me but with a different theme like subbing in a different theme because obviously superman's not batman that that was really my take at the time i mean i i i maybe need to rewatch it to a different lens i don't know I mean, how'd you guys feel about it angel oh man of steel yeah yeah mm, i remember just thinking it was okay uh, I don't know. I, I am definitely like the wrong audience for these movies because I would are say you the wrong audience for Superman movies or Zack, Zack Snyder's Snyder movies, movies. <laughs> live action DC movies. Okay. Yeah, because um, in general, in general, yeah, mm. like I'll enjoy them enough, but I don't. I just have like I typically have like no real interest in watching them or cur- even curiosity. Like, I don't know why. It's just always kind of been that way. Um, not that I don't like DC. I feel like if I had to pick one, pick a preference, I would definitely pick DC. But I think it's just more because I, I'd rather just watch the animated ones. Because, you know, they also come out way more frequently. And I've watched pretty much just about all of them with my brother. And I want to say my brother's kind of in the same boat. I think, like, typically any live-action one, he kind of just like shows up or just doesn't really care as much he might i think he's more willing to watch them but like he doesn't collect them the way he collects like the the animated ones so ultimately i was just like any any downside to um what's it called man of steel i guess i didn't bother me as much i don't know i i i guess i felt some of it was really slow and then at the end it's like all right just there was some cool action it was just very 
I forgot most of it, honestly, by the end. And, like, the same thing kind of goes with Justice League. Like, it was just, like, a... It was hard for me to be engaged, I guess. I don't know. It, it, feels, it feels kind of bad to say, but it's just, like, like I just didn't really care, I guess. I didn't really care for it. Right. Where do you stand, Kevin? Because I feel like you, unlike Angel, have many opinions. Uh, Man of Steel specifically? I'm actually, like, on the same yeah. boat as you guys. I, I do like Man of Steel. Um, I think it's a very, very flawed movie. And it all starts really with uh, Snyder's take on superheroes in general. But mm-hmm. I think the reason that I like it so much is because I think Henry Cavill is awesome as Superman and Clark Kent. There's that story. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, there's that, that story saying that J.J. Uh, Abrams is producing the next Superman movie and that they're going to replace Henry Cavill, which kind of breaks my heart because I, I don't think that he got a fair shake at being a, an amazing Superman slash Clark Kent as far as Man of Steel goes, I think General Zod was awesome. I thought Michael Shannon gave a really good performance. But like I said, that movie's deeply flawed. Some of the choices that Snyder made, like, it's basically everything with Pa Kent. Like, when he tells Clark, yeah, maybe you should have left all those kids in that school bus to die. Or, like, when he sacrifices himself to, like, save the dog. And, of course, the ending, obviously, when he snaps Zod's neck. But I don't know, it, especially it the, felt... the, the 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 action at the end. I it felt like a live action Dragon Ball Z movie to a degree. Um, <laughs> I, a maybe maybe that's why I liked it so much. But yeah, I I think the the I think Man of Steel's fine. It's you know, still it's still yeah. a two hour movie I, I, where the first forty five minutes think... take place on Krypton. I I totally forgot mm-hmm. about all that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, I I just say I do think that. Um... It was trying a little too hard to your point about like, you know, the oh, let the kids die in the school bus and all that. I think the movie was trying a little too hard to be dark for the sake of being dark because it was trying to – it was trying – the way I viewed it at the time when I was making, you know, the Batman comparison is it was I, – I figured out how to phrase this better. It was trying to be grounded in reality for a thing that is not at all realistic. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's trying to have like the gravitas of like, oh, well, you know, Batman. It's like, all right, this is dude with gadgets. We can ground that pretty well. You can't do that with the guy from outer space who flies around and has every power you can possibly think of. Like, it doesn't work as well. So in the confines of, like, trying to make it work, they did all right. Yeah, there was some weird stuff. But, like, just conceptually, it was a weird approach to take because he is – which is why I think they had to do the god versus human thing because, like, he is not something you can ground. So they had to ground it by being like, oh, well, like, cults. Right? Like, cults are things. So what if there's, like, a cult of Superman? Let's run with that and see where it goes. And then have him be like, well, am I a good leader of a cult, essentially? Which is kind of a weird premise if you, like, stop and think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Following that, we got Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? Uh, Martha, Martha, Martha. Um, I think, honestly, that was the turning point where things started to get weird in that Zack Snyder, I say what you will about the guy, but in my honest opinion, he is very good at making really cool looking shots. Not necessarily scenes, just shots in a scene and then kind of stringing those cool shots together. So it's like, look at that cool shot. Look at that cool shot. Look at that cool shot. Batman vs. Superman felt like a two and a half hour. Hey, look at that cool shot. Okay, that's a pretty cool shot. Oh, look at that. Batman's eyes are going. That's kind of cool, but with nothing of substance behind it. If that makes I mean, sense. Like, yeah. it felt, like, so messy and disjointed, but it visually was kind of engaging. 
at particular seconds of time. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Angel, did you did you ever see Batman versus Superman? I did, and it was kind of the same thing. I thought parts that were kind of boring. Some <laughs> there were some cool shots. I don't know. I it, it felt like yeah, like, I don't know. I sometimes I ask myself like why I watch some of these, but I, I, I have <laughs> to you watch put it. yourself through this pain. <laughs> I I definitely find myself like just not enjoying them if I'm watching them alone. But if I'm just watching them with a group of friends, I think I would definitely find more enjoyment out of it. I mean, kind of the same thing with um, like the same reason I watched um like Endgame or Infinity War, or any Marvel movie for that matter. It's like I normally only watch those with other people that like that's just like the thing we're gonna do and i could find enjoyment out of them but i don't think i could really like enjoy them that much on my own there are like maybe one or two exceptions of all the marvel movies where i would like probably rewatch on my own but yeah batman vs superman i i I, again i barely remember what happened in it (laughs) it was just i they they fight kind of like luther's in there being wacky and um doomsday appears yeah and Wonder Woman shows up. Don't forget that. The debut of Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. I mean, also just seeing, like, you know, going back to the fact that I watched, like, um, most of the animated ones. Like, you could see, like, where they pulled different stories from different, I guess, comic stories. Because, you know, the the animated films are pretty much straight adaptations of whatever books or arcs that appear in the comic book. Like, they're just practically, like, page for page. So, you have the Death of Superman animated in two different versions, I guess. You have the Dark Knight Returns, or I forgot what it's called. Um, I think it's just the Dark Knight Returns. Where, essentially, they took the story from that animated one and this other animated one and combined it into Batman v Superman. Because you have, like, the exact same, like, plot point. Except in the, I guess, in the animated version or slash comic book version, you have, I guess, Green Arrow helping Batman defeat Superman. And Superman was, I guess, kind of working for the government but it's also a little it's also set like way in the future like batman is practically in his old man batman beyond state but almost but not quite there yet just just about i don't know it it definitely felt like a mix of too many ideas but yeah i think um to that point and you made the marvel comparison i think what's different in dc marks i was like oh they have cool shots like marvel does a lot of like look how cool this looks moments too to varying degrees of coolness to be fair but um i think with marvel because it's so many movies and so drawn out and so sort of piecemeal like it feels more earned more often than not like i think what happened with batman uh, versus superman is it didn't really feel like you got the full background of why a lot of that was happening i mean i understand how the feud started and all that but like would the marvel world have done the martha thing like come on they would come up with something else like i just feel like i'm not trying to pin against each other they can live in harmony but my point is like it it made everything feel kind of rushed and disjointed and because it felt kind of rushed and disjointed that's where the messiness comes in that's where it does feel more like just cool shots strung together versus something with more or more like weight to it I guess. Yeah. I think both of you hit the nail on the head with Zack Snyder just being a a shots director, fo- uh, a shots focused director. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in mm-hmm. Batman vs Superman, the, one of the scenes is literally like four shots back to back of Superman doing heroic things, but with a very yeah. muted color palette, and oh, we get to see Jesus. really 
or the lack of color. Oh <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Seriously, what a drab. Well, it world really we matches the tones of the movie. I feel like not not that I want it to be comedies, but like they feel like so like they take themselves way too seriously that it almost makes me mm-hmm. hard to take it seriously. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I've railed yeah. against Snyder. They take it seriously, but there's no weight behind the seriousness. Yeah. You know, like they're like, oh, this is super serious. But then it's like, well, why? And it's like, I mean, like even in, in Justice, you have to get heavy here, Kevin. But like, you know, Batman keeps going, I need to unite everyone. Like I have to do it. It's like, yes, we understand you had a fight with Superman. But why are you so driven by this? But still like, I have to do it with no further explanation. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess or, or something, something that like just came up in my head like, you both of you saw Thor Ragnarok, correct? Yes. At, yes. At the great movie. At the end, amazing movie. Well, my opinion. Uh, there's a, there's a shot at the end where Thor gets his powers, and he goes to help fight on the bridge, and there's a really cool shot of Thor slowly landing on the bridge, and a bunch of like those those monsters, you know, that, the the cannon fodder, that are like piling up to reach him as he's coming down and it's got mm-hmm. uh immigrant like song reward z looking shot yeah. kind of and it's got immigrant yeah. song playing in the background i feel like Zack snyder would have that exact same shot but not have immigrant song and have some holy you know yeah. some, some very slow music. down old old uh country singer singing a song and there'd be no color and there'd be no color oh yeah exactly it'd be shades of gray with like a hint of like blue for the lightning or something and then um you would see and he'd pan up he wouldn't start with thor coming down he'd pan up through the pile of those bad guys in slow-mo the whole time and then sort of pull back as he reaches the top of the pile to thor meeting them in the middle and hitting exactly yeah yeah oh god this and it'd take about five minutes yeah yeah oh well uh, screw it let's get into (laughs) it uh justice league and the snyder cut First of all, mm-hmm. I want to know how you guys watched this movie or how you guys watched this experience because I want to know how we were supposed to because they originally said – I did it all in one go, four hours straight, literally straight. I took one break Jesus. halfway through for 30 seconds to go get a miniature box of corn pops out of my pantry. But besides – it said snack on them. Besides that, it was one sitting. Um, but watching it like – well, how did you guys watch it before I make my next point? I want to get ahead. Uh, watched it on my iPad. I watched it maybe like, I watched like 30 minutes of it, like in the morning, then like another hour during like lunch, and then like another 30 minutes later. And I think I watched like the last hour, like back to back. Um, the little, the chapter endings are, you know, with this like, you know, chapter two, the, the reckoning or blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. those are kind of nice stopping points. I, I kind of just treated it like I was watching like a mini series until, you know, that last hour where I was just watching everything. But yeah, it's pretty much how I experienced it. Not, not only were they stopping points, they also were that running meme of, oh, they said the name of the, the title. They said the title and the dialogue, like each one, every chapter was a line of the dialogue excerpted out. Yeah, every single one. Oh, what? Huh. Yep. I don't remember mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. Go back and rewatch. Yeah. You notice it when you're oh, saying it for no, four straight hours. I refuse to rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, how did you watch it, first of all? So I saw the first two parts Thursday morning. I saw on part No, no, on my on my TV in my, my mm-hmm. room. I, I saw the first two parts Thursday morning, part three Thursday night, 
and then the rest of the uh, the movie Friday morning. Okay, so you did a little piecemeal. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, and that leads to my – well, I was going to say before I realized I was getting ahead of you guys was – I don't know how we were supposed to actually watch this. So originally it was billed as an extended cut. Then it was suddenly a miniseries. Then it was back to being billed as a single movie, but then it's divided up like a miniseries in length as well. Each of those chunks exactly was yeah. minus the fi- minus maybe chunk part five was about 45 minutes, 40, 30 to 45 minutes, which is literally the episode of a WandaVision or a Falcon and Winter Soldier roughly or like – so like <laughs> why did they – they could have just released it as a six-part series – they could have released it as but like it's weird because they kept changing what it was, and in the end, it was all of them. So I don't know if there is like a right way to watch it. Is there? I mean, um, it, I, it's I, weird, at your right? own pace, like, <laughs> that's that's how you watch that movie. You watch you watch okay. it at your own pace because four hours is hard to indulge. I, I could have sworn that I did I, I, <laughs> beforehand. I thought they had said that it was four and a half hours, and so I was still like, oh, I was dreading that. Because I I just hate two hour movies. Endgame would work perfectly as a as a ninety minute movie. Literally any movie could work as a ninety minute movie. Um, that's not true, but that's just how I feel. This one, this um, one could easily work. <laughs> potentially, maybe a ninety minute. They could have shaved all the off. With, exactly. If they shaved off all the slow mo, this could be a three hour movie. And then like, it, or go ahead, go ahead. So I guess this this will bring us to my thoughts on this and Justice League. Where I don't know if this was any better or worse than Justice League. And by, and like now after suing it over, the best comparison that I have is I think Justice League is a barefoot sprint on broken glass. And the Snyder Cut is a barefoot <laughs> marathon on hot concrete. I don't know which one is worse. Oh, I don't know which one I would prefer, but I know that neither of them are good for me. Hmm. Interesting. I, I like that comparison. I genuinely believe – or genuinely believe. I genuinely found that I prefer this one. Does that mean I like this one? I, there's parts I do. There's parts I don't. But do I prefer it over the original sort of Frankenstein, Snyder plus Wheaton mess? Uh, yes, I think I do. I think it was a step up. In my opinion, overall, but it still has a lot of flaws. I mean, yeah, just from a story, just from a storytelling perspective, it was just better. I mean, everything exactly. got every, everything. That's my main thing. Everything had more context. Everything, like you know, every everything made sense as far as like where the story was trying to go. And I think um, just having Dark Side as like more of an anchor as the villain just made it more interesting than it just being Steppenwolf collecting boxes for no reason or just to be evil yeah yeah like it, it felt more established in the you know it felt like it was pulling more from like the dc universe like it, i mean it how it should have been from the very beginning because i mean whenever mm-hmm. you hear mother boxes usually that's associated with dark side so it was really weird not seeing associated with them in the first one but yeah i overall i think this one was better but even then like as i was watching it i swear i could not tell you what was a new scene and what was an old scene because like I didn't really remember. There were a couple. Like there were a couple where Ben Affleck's face looked thinner, and I was like, "Oh, they shot these later." Like there was one randomly. At least I think there's one randomly when they're talking about like, "Is the ship ready to fly?" or whatever. And it was like a really quick scene with him and Alfred, and like he looked different. Ben Affleck. I was like, "Oh, this was probably shot more recently." And all the epilogue, I believe, was shot. But I mean, but, more recently. But that's obviously, of course, like if I 
knew I paid attention the whole time for the first time I watched this league. I know for a fact I fell asleep at some point during the middle. <laughs> uh, wait, of the new? No, no, the no, 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 the, no the, uh, the old one, of the old one. Okay, okay, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but um, well, one thing I do have to give it a lot of credit for is that I love that they got rid of the B-plot of like the family trapped in the house. Like in the middle of oh, the yeah. that last invasion, because yeah, yes. that, that just felt like like who are these people? Why do we keep cutting to them? Like who cares? Like that was like, that was such a Wheaton thing. Like, yeah, he did something similar with Age of Ultron. I feel like this was like, much it better. Was so unnecessary in, in that sense. Like also just a flash. Like I love that they fixed his running animation. Like his legs didn't look like crazy noodles. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's sad that ninety percent of the time that he was running, he was running in super slow mo. So we only maybe saw him like run like super fast in real time i guess like maybe three times okay. but every other time it was like step 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 but yeah that was funny i i do i do feel like they reap to your point angel i feel like they reprioritize a lot of stuff like there's still so much fluff which i'm sure we'll get to in a sec but um you know, like Cyborg felt like he was a more developed character versus spending time on Batman's little like sonar gun thing to fight the Parademons. Like, do you like? Obviously, that wasn't a necessary plot point because they just did away with it. Didn't make a difference, but we did get some actual like extra development. I feel like around um, Cyborg a little. But was and, and any granted, of it like, good? They, they... Well, it made it feel more cohesive to me. Like the thing that stuck out to me with Justice League, the the wheaton justice league was it was so disjointed like so like the only movie that felt more disjointed to me also from the dc universe was suicide squad um but it just felt like such like a hodgepodge and they're like these little glimmers like okay this character's maybe cool but we didn't really get to like sense in they were always bickering with each other and it's just like this like they felt like the movie's priorities are wrong so i don't know necessarily if i would say that cyborg's arc was like this amazing innovative thing or anything but at least there was an arc which was missing before. And they tried to do it with Flash too. Like, I feel like the whole, like, you know, he sees his dad and then at the end he's like, see dad, I'm becoming someone. Like, that was really sort of ham-fisted because they, like, literally had two scenes. One where he needed something, the other when he achieved it. It was, like, nothing in between. But, it like, at least Cyborg felt a little more developed than that compared to how he was in the first one. And Flash had some development even if it was super weak. Like, it just felt do you remember like there was more cohesion throughout. Do you remember Flash's and Cyborg's human names? Barry Allen and Victor Victor Stone. Pretty sure. Yes. Stone, yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. I just don't. What, what, what was that quiz about? <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like Angel. I watched it for four straight hours yesterday. I and remember. Yeah, you almost forgot still. Stone. I, I did. Yeah, but I mean, it's a lot to consume. I guess <laughs> a lot of content. I mean, yeah. I personally just didn't think that there was enough that was substantial and good enough to warrant this movie being made and i understand you know hbo did grant zach his vision right yeah but would this movie be a two-parter in theaters i don't think so especially considering that he said that this was the what the first part in his trilogy i don't think yeah because it's that so two other movies so yeah so his this movie would still have to be edited down to mm-hmm. at least a two-hour movie, which Justice League was already a two-hour movie. I feel like there, there's a story that Snyder hasn't seen Justice League and that Nolan and Nolan's wife 
like actually called him up because they saw it and they were like, Zach, please don't watch this. It's, it's, it's bad. But I feel like if Snyder were to see Justice League, he'd come to the conclusion of like, huh, these are basically the same movie, you know? Um, Definitely the first half of Snyder's Justice League was just extended versions of scenes from the first half of the original Justice League. Like, Straight. I mean, it's so weird too, because like, <laughs> there's a scene where Wonder Woman, you know, stops the terrorists. Which, by the way, I still find it so funny in both versions how it's like we don't need to tell you why there's terrorists. We don't need to even like have any backstory. It's just we're gonna show Wonder Woman being a badass. So well, like, hang on, so- let these terrorists try and plant a bomb. Now we're gonna blow it up. Okay, but um, they they cut from Wheaton's version. This one like. 10 second scene where she's basically telling this little girl be whoever you want to be which like this was one one of wonder woman's first movies like it was a big moment and i'm like why would you cut that it was 10 seconds like it's, it's it's just like the priorities of the movies shifted even though yes they essentially told the that same story that scene perfectly in in like encapsulates everything that this movie does for better and for worse for me it's that mm-hmm. wonder woman scene with those guys those terrorists straight from the set of peaky blinders that scene <laughs> Is longer on both ends, so it takes forever to get there and it takes forever to end. The dialogue is slightly changed. They added some more dialogue where we know the backstory of, or not necessarily the backstory, but they're doing it because they want to return to the Dark Ages or whatever. And they added blood splatters whenever she just yeets these guys into walls. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's literally just this entire movie. Everything that that he did in this is what adds to this four-hour runtime. I agree, and then also simultaneously counter that point with the Aquaman scene as the example of how he just stacked things that are unnecessary. Because with Aquaman, so Batman, Bruce Wayne, you, you guys know, he went and tried to get Aquaman to join. Aquaman's like, no. You know, they waived $25,000. He's like, no. And he returns to the sea, and the village falls him out to the sea. And they proceed to do, and I kid you not, and this is really the embodiment of Zack Snyder, five different shots of look at this badass returning to sea. Look at him who just said, be you know, respect the storm, throwing his alcohol bottle into the water where it's going to shatter and stab a bunch of fish probably. Look at him like absorbed by the wave from this angle and that angle and the next angle and the fifth angle. And by the way, now that you've seen that, he's considered a god too. So here's some Icelandic women chanting some little hymn the, about him the women, for two minutes more than necessary. The women and singing. now to the next hero. The wi- It... <laughs> Like when when they started singing, I thought, okay, he's gonna cut to a different scene, and we'll keep hearing the women. But they keep singing, nope. and then one of them sniffs his jacket. Yeah. Yep. And then it kept yep. going for like thirty seconds more. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like not even not even <laughs> the, the shot of the, like that was like, important. That was looking, important, Kevin. Was it? It was as important to um, it, any of this as, as any of the Superman is a god stuff. Yeah. Which means it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, the whole, like, I, I, he was trying to draw the parallel, I guess, that, like, every, I guess, that, you know, in the way that the, some people saw Superman in Man of Steel, these heroes are considered as such by the people that are around them as well. I guess. Maybe. But that was so unnecessary. And as cool as those shots, again, because he's a shot director, as cool as those individual shots of Aquaman were, as, I almost said Spider-Man, as Aquaman were as he went into the ocean, did we need five of them? No. And I think to your point, Kevin, about like the runtime, yeah, he, if he had an editor, 
Snyder could have hit all the same beats and done all the same things and like taken out four of those five shots and it still would have had the same effect. And that's kind of where this gets bogged down is there's so much like either redundancy or just slow-mo for the sake of slow-mo. I mean, oh God, I understand so slow-mo and action scenes. That looks cool. But like, do we need slow-mo of, and okay, the shot of Lois Lane walking from top down with the umbrella and the rain falling. That was a pretty cool shot. But like, what did we gain from the second and a half of her heel in slow-mo walking down a sidewalk when then they just cut to her walking at normal speed down the same sidewalk like it's like little things like that that just stack to the runtime and just make it feel so like there's there's necessarily like heavy in in terms of length there's a scene in both this movie and uh justice league where diana meets cyborg on the streets Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. In Justice League, if I remember correctly, she hacks into, like, Bruce Wayne's computer and sets a meetup spot. And she, like, accepts. And then we cut to her walking down the street. In this movie, she accepts and there's, like, five seconds of her driving, parking, and then getting out of her car to meet him. Hmm. It's like... Well, that was just some really blatant product placement oh <laughs> like the way they panned you, that you mercedes about, logo that's how they <laughs> you want to talk about blatant product placement another thing that they did was when uh bruce meets with the uh, barry and he gets in the car after that what's your superpower i'm rich line in justice league the scene just cut here yeah they add some music. They zoom into like the dashboard they like you get a full view of this car it's just oh, God. which is a nice car. To which be is fair. a nice car. But, and, but and did I we think... need those extra five seconds no. added to like a lot of this movie? Well, just actually, feels unnecessary. We might have needed that, Kevin, because AT and T, Warner Brothers, whatever parent of a parent of a parent company you want to say funded this thing. Um, they put seventy million into it. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to recoup those costs at that, that Mercedes product placement because that also was a Mercedes. So, and Mercedes did have an ad campaign with the movie in 2018, but not so blatantly in the movie. It was just in tandem. So I wouldn't be surprised if in those two instances, the scenes were there. Not that justifies it as a viewer, but I wouldn't be surprised if the scenes were there because at and trying to recoup some of that $70 million that they spent on getting this thing on HBO Max. But, like, wouldn't that car just be outdated by now? <laughs> like, the, the, well, that scene was probably filled in 2016. Well, Batman's was a futuristic – that uh, Batman's was a futuristic one. That, I don't oh, think okay. that car exists. So it was, it was um, the Wonder Woman car. They somewhat strategically did not show the whole car. They only showed the dash and the big grill with the logo. So it is outdated, but can you tell? But yeah, so I guess not. I think, I think that's – but no, I agree that those are completely superfluous for the sake of like, – like if there's an editor, there'd be a way they do it without like eating into the runtime probably. I, uh, I so feel like – I do agree. To, to a certain degree, I'm almost disappointed with this movie. Because, and I wasn't expecting Zach to just straight up change the entire plot, but at least differentiate it enough from Justice League to be like, okay, this is actually, it just feels like Justice League with some deleted scenes in there and some extended, oh, some very, very extended scenes in there. (laughs) And, you know, some different color grading. Oh, and some blood. And I just and, think to myself, and this two w- f bombs. W- oh yeah, and two f bombs. And I just kept thinking to myself, this was his vision of just a longer Justice League. That's it. Like but you got I, Martian I, Manhunter now. That was, oh god, yeah. Martian Manhunter. I, that was such a stilted ending. Um, 
I was going to say to your point, though, I think it, it wasn't just that, like, you know, this is it, but they set it up. Like, the amount of expectations really sort of... I mean, we went in expecting nothing, essentially, right? Like, we were kind of the last few QCs, like, oh, it's going to be so fun to, like, razz on this thing, and, like, we expected to have all these ridiculous... Like, we're talking about it, but I don't feel like we're, like, Talking completely about it. <laughs> tearing, it, tearing it apart. Yeah, like, I, I was like, absolutely I expecting to, to, to tear this thing apart, and... Yeah, and yeah. It, and there's nothing to tear, which is weird because like there's so many red flags. Like I do understand why you're like, oh, it's just Justice League again. Because I mean, first the fact that you know this was driven by a fan campaign, like it wasn't even a thing. Then a we find out we never even had most campaign, of the footage. Yeah, which, exactly. Then Jesus we find out Christ. we never even had the footage. He's like, yep. oh, I need to shoot it all. Then we find out that um, you know, Jared Leto's coming in as Joker, even though he wasn't in the real one. Then they release that clip of Jared Le- Jared Leto doing the "We live in a society" meme, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" Then it turns out that was just for the clip and was kind of a joke. Then we find out the runtime. Then we find out it's a series. Then we find out it's not. Then it suddenly is out, and all that feels like a million red flags, right? Like a million it's red like flags. It's like going to be cuts. a train wreck. Yeah, except in reality, it would just it just was like none of that ended up influencing at all what the movie ended up being like it seemed like all those things are these huge warning signs and none of them some of them weren't even relevant to the movie the we live in a society it was jared leto making a joke and asking zack snyder if he can say that that was it <laughs> so like all this like build up of how crazy and ridiculous and over the top and different this is going to be ended up to your point basically being like well he just had a slightly different version that you know you found to be about the same angel i found to be a little better but basically that's a, a, a slightly different spin on it and that was it. So it's like all this like built up, pent up like memory around it, and it just kind of like was what it was. And now you have. So I think that's partly yeah. They 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 got their wish. So now there's two campaigns forming. Uh, the first one is release the air cut of Suicide Squad, oh, which mm. I would actually want to see that version more than I would want to see the Snyder cut, honestly. Actually, yeah, because Dana Trailer House, the people that did the really slick Suicide Squad trailers, weren't they retro? Didn't they go back and basically re-edit the entire movie? Yeah, after pretty the much. Trailers were and so if, popular. You, if you see the teaser trailer for Suicide Squad and then the uh, the second and third trailers, they are completely different in tone. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one is restore the Snyder verse, where now people want more of Snyder after this movie. Which it might happen, honestly. If you stop and think about really how CG heavy and obviously CG heavy, I mean, ignoring the scenes between Darkseid and Steppenwolf that look straight out of a video game, ignoring that, most of the stuff they filmed was very clearly green screened. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So if they were reduced, if people are okay with that level of quality, which they seem to be, and if this thing drives enough subscription and engagement to HBO Max, and if the buzz continues to be, frankly, surprisingly positive, like most people seem into it, it has a pretty decent Rotten Tomato, a pretty decent Metacritic, like the response seems to be pretty like, oh, it's actually not bad. The, yeah, the it went from like 40 there. to the like epilogue, 70 something. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, crazy, like more than doubled. Yeah, and like the epilogue le- sets up enough questions. Take or leave whether you care about the questions. Take or leave what you think of Jared Leto's new Joker opposed to Suicide Squad Joker, which was its own bag of problems. Uh, like there's enough there that HBO could easily commission some sort of miniseries or sequel series or something. 
and maybe Batman's not in it because I know Ben Affleck's kind of stepping away from that outside of the Flash movie. Maybe the Flash movie then sets up something. But so the Flash seen... movie is still happening with this. It's still happening. It's going to be multiverse. Barry it's going to be Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in it. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you know, so they're setting that stuff up, and we've seen HBO Max now starting to do spinoff shows of movies. Uh, the Batman's getting a Gotham City Police Department show, which is different from Gotham on Fox, which Thank was God. its own. I I no, honestly I, like that show. I know, it was I know super you like ridiculous. That show. But that, that's the yeah, only reason I, I said that. Show. You like terrible. I actually haven't seen it. I know, but but anyway, they're starting to do more of that. There's going to be a Suicide Squad show along with the movie. So like, I could definitely see if the feedback is decent enough, which it looks like it might be, and the Flash movie's still happening. They they already cast Keaton and Affleck to come back. They could spin something up or do a spin off or do something with a smaller cast and kind of run with the threads left in the epilogue of this. I think it's very possible. You, with or without the fan campaign you brought up the uh the cg i thought cyborg looked terrible in this movie i i don't i don't remember he if he looked if he looked terrible in justice league but i thought he looked bad in this not only that his scenes were like he i don't was that supposed to be a representation of the internet when he goes like inside his own <laughs> world uh that's a good question i didn't think about it i just sort of took it at face value because i don't know how to interpret anything in a snyder movie except oh gods I know how to interpret that. True, hmm. and even even they make it seem like Cyborg is a god because that's yeah, at some point god his, of technology. His, his father his father tells him like yeah you have nukes at the <laughs> at your fingers like in the palm of your hands yeah. Well, it, it it's like Snyder pigeonholed himself because once you make Superman a god and then you want all these other heroes to be of equal weight to have their own like franchises and spinoffs and whatnot, you kind of need all of them to now be godlike. Like, you can't be like, oh, there's the god, and here's, like, the B-tier dude who you're not going to care about because he's nowhere near a god. So you have to, like, figure out how are they gods. Like, you have to build a Parthenon, essentially, right? So you have Superman, who's the Zeus. Then you have, like, the god of technology with Cyborg. You have, what, you mean Pantheon? Uh, the, the warrior – or yeah, Pantheon, thank you. What I say? <laughs> Parthenon? Parthenon. Oh, well, Parthenon's the uh, the structure in Greece, so it's that well, was, no, was the Parthenon the building where the Amazonians <laughs> – I think it might have been. <laughs> like, like it might have been. But anyway. Shot the arrow Yeah, Pantheon. Too? You know – that, it, that uh, was it was so certainly weird. a neighboring building I, of it. I, yeah. I, I, I have but a then, problem like, with that scene. Hold on. Oh. Go ahead. So that ahead. scene, for, first of all, they extended, well, obviously they extended, or Zach extended the, uh, the, I, the, I always the, forget, the, the Themyscira, the, oh, that too, but the Themyscira stuff, where mm-hmm. I feel like in Justice League, when they shot the arrow, they just shot the arrow. Here, we had to know the backstory of the arrow. We had to, like, <laughs> And then once it gets there, it's Diana just like picks up the arrow, like, and and no one questions and it. No She's one not questions Wonder Woman. It. She's just Diana. Yeah, exactly. Like no one questions it, and they they sort of give this. They show us that like, oh, she's being sneaky just because like two cops are looking away from her. Like, I not only that, I'm pretty sure that arrow would be taken into some sort of evidence because it was it was a suspected arson attack. So they hmm. just let the arrow on the floor. <laughs> oh, there, yeah. there's so many. There, there's I feel like there's so logicals. many logic holes in this movie as well. That for sure. Say what you will about Justice League, but Justice League gave you no time to think about any of that because Justice League <laughs> just true. goes, man. Justice League is rarely slow, unlike this movie, where it's slow for obvious reasons. There's a scene that, yeah. in the middle of I I forget where this was. But there's just a slow panning scene into a room 
to Amy Adams holding a sweater or was it his cape? I don't remember. It was it was like a sweater vest or something. Yeah. yeah. And she just looks forlorn and then boom. It was like two minutes of that and we're we're off to a next scene. No dialogue, nothing. That's not yeah, that that honestly is the biggest difference between the Justice Leagues here is Justice League was a mile a minute like like internet, you know, era, like you don't have an attention span. And Zack Snyder's was like, what if we contemplate everything? Everything. Why is she walking that way? Why did she turn left instead of right? What is that sweater? Why is it beige? Like every little thing is like there's such – that's where they're the most different is one is like over-obsessed with giving you every possible explanation for every little thing and the other one's just like it doesn't matter. Just like action. <laughs> so so it's kind of a, – it's a weird – that's pro- – to your point kind of about like they're not that different. That's where they're different I think. What do you guys think of Stephen Wolf's like living armor? I hated I, it. Because I, I didn't I, realize that I was new. It. I was like, I didn't remember. I saw footage later of like how it used to look at him. I'm like, oh, that's right. He definitely did not have like breathing armor. Like gold plated breathing th- armor. Yeah, it, it, I it's think weird. he's the best embodiment of how weird the CG was in this movie. Also, his eyes were okay. just way more. They were really big. He just had really big eyes, very yeah. emotive eyes. Yeah. Like, he almost. The way they animated his face almost made you feel like sorry for him at times. I don't know. It's like they, that, that's literally, well, you're supposed to. That's his backstory. They added is he's not doing this because he wants to. He's doing this because he's indebted due to some other thing that happened, and has to. Which is totally different than the first movie where he's just like, I'm bad. I like mother boxes, and this one's like, Oh, but I have this yum, yum, story. Yum. <laughs> it's amazing how much I didn't care that he was indebted to yeah to Dark Side, yeah. Dark Seed or Dark Side. Side. I think it's side. It's it's but it's spelled seed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's yeah, how they that's how they said in the cartoon. So, well, so regardless of that, yeah. I, I people were like, oh, you know, now he's a good villain. No, he's on par with like all the crappy Marvel villains mm-hmm. that we've had. Like he Opposed sucks before. Just being... He just sucks in yeah. a different way now because he <laughs> has three scenes with like that hologram stone thing. Is that a thing in the comics? Uh, that stone that shapeshifts into <laughs> oh into, uh, that thing I yeah. I don't I have no idea probably not I had to guess if I had to guess probably is it but yeah yeah like I he's just I, a thug I, I, in this movie if you think about it like he's just yeah pretty much yeah that's not any better than him before where he was just a guy trying to well whatever kind of creature he is I do, I. I was going to say, uh, before we got on the tangent about how he's ridiculous, which, yes, um, I do think his, like, the CG of him and everything around him really was, like, the environment of me of, like, wow, there's, like, two different tiers of work going on here. Cause, like, he, take or leave his weird eyes and take or leave his breathing armor, like, that was very detailed and meticulous. And then cut to, like, him talking to Desaad or Darkseid or what have you. And it's such, or, like, cut to, you know, uh, Wonder Woman at the in Greece standing in front of that green screen. It's such a different level of detail in the CG. Like he looks like he's maybe in a movie. Everyone else looks like they're in a video game. It's really jarring. Maybe it's because they already had a render for him and they just spruced that up while they like made from scratch Dark Side. But it was like, like the detail on Steppenwolf versus Dark Side made Steppenwolf seem like he was the superior character to Dark Dark Side in terms of power and everything. Come Stephen, talk good. It, was it Stephen Wolf? Fine, I'll call him Stephen. We're on first name basis now. He's very Stephen emotive, Wolf, but Stephen is fine. Oh yeah, Stephen. Whatever, Stephen. <laughs> Again, four hours in one sitting. It's all gonna. My brain turned to mush. But like, it was just interesting how like 
you could see what they like added in and what budget they had to work with when they did because like it, there was a contrast there for sure between him and everyone else for sure there for there sure. was uh there was one thing that i wanted to get to um crap what was it i don't know i just i'm so i'm so done with this i i i was ready to never hear about the snyder cut ever again but the internet makes it impossible well you know that's that's the interesting thing i think is never mind the movie but what it now means like the duality of this thing's existence because on the one hand we're talking you know the toxic fan base and how the fans are willed this into being and now they're trying to do other things and on some level in my honest opinion it's pretty cool if fans can help make something better in concept the sonic movie horrible design everyone freaked out got better design made for you know a better experience overall like the movie would have been the same but if sonic looked that jarring like it would take you out of it this it seems like the uh, overall sort of consensus is this is a better quote-unquote version than the original. And that was due to fans being like, hey, we want to see what Snyder wanted to do. The downside of that, of course, is all the toxicity that comes with it. Um, like there are reports like the only reason HBO was even seriously considering this is because they were worried that fans were going to basically bomb every single release on HBO Max until this happened. So there's like, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> like, let's just get, get it done. And like, you know, anytime there's a new exec at Warner Brothers or a new exec at AT&T, like people would just like hound them on Twitter and be like, oh, you need to do the Snyder Cut. Where's the Snyder Cut? And like they would go off and, you know, tap people over against it. And it was a really toxic situation. But the idea that like, you know, fans made someone be able to have their vision seen, saw through, like Snyder would never have had this opportunity without it is kind of interesting. Because even if you look at like, you know, this isn't the first time there's been a director at disagreements with a studio. Um, the one that immediately pops to mind is with Blade Runner, where there's so many different versions of Blade Runner. Is there narration? Is there not narration? Is it this long? Is it that long? Like all that was Ridley Scott, I think, having to bow to the studio and then slowly sort of work his way back towards what he originally wanted. So if anything, what I'm hoping is maybe we can get more of creators getting to make what they actually want without hopefully the fan toxicity around it and my concern on that's kind of the duality here is like we got something that's not originally wanted a lot of people consider it better or at least equal but it was driven by such a horrible like fan campaign and my concern is that what hollywood's going to see is not give movie makers a chance to sort of flex their muscles a little and do what they want to do but they're going to see oh we need to capitulate to every single fan demand ever and that is a very, very slippery slope. Like they, I, I can very easily, to your point, Ken, about there being other fan campaigns. And my point that they may run with those fan campaigns because you know they're already doing the TV movie like uh, dynamic duos, so to speak. Uh, my concern is they're gonna like, re- like studios are gonna see us and be like, okay, yeah, we need to start listening to fans more. And then we're gonna get more blatant fan campaigns where studios directly are like, yes, you're yelling at us, made us decide this. Because, I mean, there's been some of that for a long time. I mean, even episode 8 and 9 of Star Wars, like, I, I think I mentioned this on QC, maybe not, but um, Daisy Ridley was saying in an interview recently that her backstory for Rey changed from what they told her between in 7 and 8 before 9. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I was a, a little bit of Star Wars spoilers. I was a nobody. I was told I was a nobody up to episode 8, and then right before 9 shots, I go, actually, here's your family lineage. And Oh, well, yeah. That, that so, means- you know, the... the uh, yeah, that Rise of Skywalker was, was like specifically a, a, rea- a complete reaction to Last Jedi, which right. and I still don't gonna, like Last Jedi, 
but I'm also not going on Twitter calling Ryan Johnson a prick for ruining my childhood. Which... Yes, and that's what I'm getting at is I'm a little worried that um, now that the Snyder Cut has worked, quote unquote, the studios are going to take away, oh, if people are calling us out and calling us pricks, that means we need to do what they want opposed to, oh, maybe like just let directors do their original thing. Because like episode eight was Ryan Johnson doing his original thing. I thought it was cool. Granted, it was d- weird, but I thought I liked that it was a little different. Um, but fans reacted so strongly that Disney basically like pulled the emergency brake and let all that abuse of the actors and the creators and everything. And, you know, like, uh, Kymarine Tran get like run off social media and all that. And it was just like, that's awful. And I feel like the takeaway from the Snyder Cut's going to be the studio's doing more of that and not just letting the directors up front do what they want to do, which is what it should be. And which is why I think Snyder Cut ended up working as decently question mark as it did because, um, it was his vision. He just saw it through. Granted, the fans made that possible, but if they, if they could somehow separate those, that'd be great. But I think Hollywood's going to take the wrong takeaway from this. And yeah, it just sets a really bad precedent. Uh, precedent. Yeah. I know that it's come out that Joss Whedon is kind of a terrible person. Yep. Uh, not only to work with, but just personally is apparently mm-hmm. uh, a terrible mm-hmm. person. But I don't believe that he deserves all the hate that he's getting now that this movie has come out and all the Snyder stands are out there. Like I was seeing some of the, just don't type Joss Whedon on, on Twitter search. Oh, it's a mess right now. Cause yeah. you see some just absolutely horrible things. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve them. I just think that he doesn't deserve them for Justice League because that movie, he was brought on to finish this product mm-hmm. by these executives. And it's almost unfair to him and and like i'm not excusing his his crappy behavior on set or offset right but he came in to do a job the executives were fine with that job it falls on them more than it does on him so seeing this uh this sort of retroactive reaction to even like avengers or uh i mean less to an extent age of ultron because not a lot of people like that movie but i i you know what? Now that I think about it, this movie, the Snyder Cut, I feel like is Snyder's Age of Ultron, where they're introducing a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, like Martian Manhunter setting up for like future movies, you know, ending on a cliffhanger. It's ending on one, ending on like three. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of MacGuffins, you know the uh, the mother boxes. Yeah. So I don't. I do do Snyder stands just not see that that comparison I you know I think it's somewhat of I, I hate to say it but it's a fanboy thing at this point I think it's very much they may see it and they may not care I honestly think that the Snyder fandom is like any other fandom gone wild where it's just like it's like the console wars of like you know PS2 versus Xbox and GameCube where everyone was just hounding each other on message boards and everything and it was like you know you pick your side like these days everyone's like oh there's still a little like PS5 versus Xbox but I feel like we've kind of passed that sort of like butting heads all the time attitude um but that seems to be kind of what like these fans are being pitted against each other with because it's not even like you know um it's versus Snyder it's like this Star Wars versus that Star Wars. This versus yeah, that. Exactly. Like it's everything, like all like, infighting at this point. Yeah, and and I think that's really 
again, it can lead to some nice moments for individual situations. Like Sonic was way better with his current design than with his original design in terms of how he looks. Um, and that one was a little more universal to be fair, but like, I just, not to repeat what I was saying, but I definitely think like, um, it's not so much that fans don't see it. It's just, they want their thing to be how they want it. And if a studio won't give it to them, they are going to send death threats and all sorts of stupidity to the studio until the studio does it. And it's now proven that you quiet the fans down or you get them to be a little more friendly by doing what they want. It's like, I don't want to make this comparison because obviously it's a totally different league, but it's kind of uh... like the whole, Oh, ha ha ha. Totally different league. But like, honestly on uh like, conceptually it's not much different than the whole like you know the government being like oh we're never gonna cave to terrorists like because once we give them an inch they're gonna they want to take a mile like so you just never cave to terrorists i'm not saying snyder fans are terrorists but i'm saying like the idea that like these people are attacking you and you go yeah that's a good point you attacked us and we accept your attacks and uh we're going to do the thing you want. Like that just, it's such a can of worms to open and it, le- and it makes everyone blind to like what they actually may be interested in or what they want. And you know, then they're not going to see that justice league to your point is kind of the age of Ultron of Zack Snyder. They're just going to see, Oh, we got the thing that we demanded. What's the next thing we can get. So I don't think there is that sort of, like I don't want to jump, jumble these people like they're not individuals or anything, but and they don't have their own thoughts and opinions, but it's sort of just like mom mentality of like, all right, we did the one thing. What's the next one? We got our wish. What's the next one? Like, it, they're not going to pause and reflect. It's the same reason, you know, when episode nine came out, it wasn't – some people are like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe episode eight wasn't so bad because look what happened in episode nine. Just a bunch of people are like, they ruined everything, eight and nine. It's like, well, no, nine was reacting to you even if they didn't say it. So, like, it wasn't like Disney just – you know, if they did the original path, you'd say it's just as bad. So – like you, you can't win, and no one has the time to self reflect because they always want to have the next thing to get riled up about. Especially as we've been all cooped up in the last year, I, I imagine it's been even worse online as a result. So, I don't know. I don't think they have the self aware. Again, oh. it feels bad saying that because these are individual people, but as a collective of a movement of like release this narco, I don't think there's that self awareness at all. Uh, we haven't talked about the aspect ratio. Oh, yeah. That's another red flag. Remember I was saying red flag? was like, oh, this is going to suck. When it came out, that I was like, oh, it's going to be 4-3. I'm like, oh, my God. I oh, So but, I did not know that this movie was going to be 4-3. I know all the promotional material was, was 4 by 3 or whatever aspect ratio it was. And I just thought to myself, of course, it, Zach would want this promoted like this. But then I started the movie and said, this movie has been kept in 4 by 3 to preserve Zach's vision, I, I, I was filled with anger. Really? But that's his vision, though. He wanted four three, so it's in four three. Oh my god! Well, I want to know why it was at, in at the end. At the end of the movie, by by the end of it, I was like, I, I was just fine with it. Not not necessarily fine with it, but I had already accepted it. You know, if it right. wasn't black and white, it probably would have looked a lot better too. You know what's funny is one of the trailers was That's black and white, point. and I really thought for a minute it was going to be black and white. Oh, at some point there's going to be a, a black and white release for sure. I, I didn't do Probably. that with uh, Batman vs Superman. Yes, was there? Yeah. It, but Did, it wasn't four three though. Yeah, yes, there was. Wow, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't four three. So this time it's four three. You know, he's just playing with old format. He's WandaVisioning. The same way WandaVision did black and white, and then did a four three episode. We there's a Snyder reason days, for so. four three, right? I know. Uh, no, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, so I, I read some speculation that might be IMAX related. Um, IMAX isn't quite that ratio, but he shot most of it with that format in mind, where it's taller than it is wide. So he was trying to find a format where it makes sense to be able to do that. 
M4 3 is the closest. I mean, as someone that watched it on their iPad, I really appreciated it because we never have to watch it on the <laughs> widescreen on the iPad. Like, it just gets shrunk. Yeah, it just shrinks a lot. But this is great. It was like I could have it right in front of my face, like on the bed or wherever I was, like, just watching it. And, yeah, it was, it was nice. There's a part of me that's like, oh, well, the 90s are back. So it's just a throwback to the phone. 90s. That too. It was nostalgic. I, I will say I do not remember the last time I saw any sort of like this film has been modified to fit your screen sort of message. Yeah. Since like I don't know. Like, well, it, was it was modified to, to not fit your, back. Yeah. It was modified to not fit your screen. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know the sort of like disclaimer of like this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. you know. <laughs> it's it kind of it was kind of stuff. Well, yeah. Because all yeah, the theatrical films were widescreen, and I guess all we had was four three at the time. Yeah. It is funny how that sort of happens, you know, where screen sizes change. Like, because IMAX is more tall than it is wide. So the idea that, you know, these IMAX releases, like even when Christopher Nolan does like Inception or Dark Knight or Tenet more recently, there are select scenes in this taller but narrower format. Just you wait. And 20 years from hmm. now, like theaters are going to have um, the aspect ratio of phones. This is going to be like just a giant. Yep. It's going to be giant that. TikToks. Yeah, no, they, they've already TikToks. tried that with Quibi, and it failed miserably. No, 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 in theaters. No, he means theater. a theater. In theater. Oh, God. You that, know what's interesting? That didn't fail. That's where we're, Samsung, that's where we're headed. Has, and it's going to be almost like through the TikToks, TVs. and that's it. Basically, yeah. Samsung has two TVs that actually can turn 90 degrees and become vertical, so you can watch TikToks and Instagram. Oh, my God. Stuff. Well, I, I mean, yep. PC I users mean, have technically always been able to do that. Right, right. But, I mean, the TV will automatically turn based on what you're Oh, oh, fun. okay. Yeah, welcome That's to the future, Kevin. Not needed, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but yeah, it's um, well, it's just funny how formats change based on the technology around them. Because yeah, widescreen's widescreen because theaters were that wide, so the screen had to fill the theater. It wasn't like someone's just like, oh, sixteen nine's the sweet spot. Even with computers, you see it change all the time. Computers went from like kind of a four three to a sixteen nine to a sixteen ten to a twenty one seven to like they're all over the place. And now like Surface Books are like four three, but Macs are sixteen ten, but like it iPads are four three as well. Like it's such a um, hodgepodge. You've got your ultra wide, so like something has to exactly. be made for that. But mm-hmm. you got your wraparound screens. You know, you're gonna have AR and eight and VR headsets, and it's yeah, it's it's suddenly now that we're talking about this, I'm realizing we're gonna see more movies that are gonna be like, oh, we're just this format because we had to pick one. Like if they want to be like different and stand out, they'll be like, we're t- <laughs> we're the TikTok dimensions because why not? But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a mess. I know we talked a lot about stuff that we didn't like. Just as a way to end this discussion, what exactly that wasn't in Justice League did you appreciate that this movie did? Uh, Andrew Rago first. I mean, it's hard for me to remember because <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it what was and what wasn't. Um, was the was I guess the way Flash ran at the end was that it? Was that in the original one? Where he was like basically running through space, and it was just like a giant. Oh, and it was like rebuilding. Yeah, like, and it was rebuilding time. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't remember. Wait, that being yeah, there. was that in the original one? No, no. originally. What did what did Flash do? He was like saving. He was like saving people in that Chernobyl like city. Oh, so the whole him like running around in circles and touching cyborg at the end wasn't a thing. Yeah, that that's that was. Zach's also, vision. Superman. The way Superman shows up was totally different in this one too. At the end, if I remember correctly, Superman kind of flies in and has this dramatic entrance here. He just sort of pops up behind Cyborg. I, I did like uh, the way that it was done here, a little bit yeah. better. Yeah. I, I, again, I think it, yeah, I like that. I like that flash to, thing. Basically, 
I thought that was. Cool. I think it goes back to them trying to make each hero a god of their own in their own way. Like in the in the Wheaton one at the end, they basically like Superman's the ultimate superhero, which yes he is, but they really like look. He's gonna swoop in and he's gonna save oh, they... everyone. Here it's like he's on equal footing with Cyborg. He's on equal footing with Wonder Woman. Flash does something of equal importance. Like it really felt more like I mean, Flash literally turned back like, time. Like, domain. They definitely like made him seem like he's like just has the potential to yeah just go on nuts. The same way that technically like, none of the movie would be possible without Cyborg now. Yeah. Like the way they made him integral to everything. Like they really – I one of the things I really like now that I think about it – initially I didn't know how I was going to answer that kind of which I kicked it to Angel. But one of the things I really liked is how they actually made it seem like an equal-footed team. Except Batman who's just rich. But like yeah. it really did seem like everyone was bringing something to the table of equal value versus Superman being kind of like this end-all, be-all and everyone else just sort of being underlings. And the Hall of Justice was that in the original cut? I don't remember it being there. Yes, it was. We you oh, don't okay. see as much of it as you did here, though. Because I thought that was cool. As someone that loved watching Super Friends as a kid, I thought that was nice. <laughs> yeah, I I did like. Uh, <laughs> One day I'll have friends like this, and I still don't. None of you are super. I'm sorry. I did friends. like. Yeah, my, I think my favorite part was that flashing at the end, the, the same way that you that you liked Angel. Uh, I'm not a fan of how they remove. Well, that's the thing with Zack Snyder. He'll add some cool stuff and just ruin some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like his introductory, mm-hmm. his 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 first scene with uh, when he saves uh, Iris from that car crash. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, flashes. Yeah, yeah. Wait, she had a name and, and puts a hot dog in his pocket. Yeah, that's uh, Iris. That's his uh, love interest. Oh, I don't remember her name. You'll see her more in the Flash oh, coming well, the, out in the year twenty well, X. They, they, they only... never told us her name, and that's the only time that you see it. it. It was a creepy scene, and that was the only time that you ever see her in the movie. Yeah, that scene was, it a, was little, a little creepy. Ooh. Also, why did it only shoes both rip. literally and figurably? Kind of oh weird. yeah, that was never that was never uh, brought yeah, up. Yeah, that was that was something odd too. But they uh, w- one scene that I did like from Justice League was when I, I heard this on some other podcast, and I was there's that scene in Justice League where. They're going to confront Steppenwolf for the first time, and Barry's telling Bruce, like, hey, I can't do this. I'm just, like, a regular guy. And Bruce tells him, just save one person. Like, just try to do that. Which I thought was, like, ah, you know, very endearing. You know, flashes this kid in this movie. And mm-hmm. that was, like, stripped away from this movie. I guess that must have been a Joss Whedon thing. Mm-hmm. But that didn't make uh, Flash scene, Flash's uh, actions in this scene any better. Because then he's just, like, telling people, like, yeah, come hurry on, let's up. go, let's go. Like, yeah, yeah, basically hurry up. I I think that goes back to the fact that it's not there. Uh, I think it goes back to the thing I'm now harping on like crazy is that I think he really tried to make each character a god in their own right. And having a god be like, I don't know if I can do this isn't very godlike. Well, yeah, but, like, is it, it's so, not like he knew I think it was, was better like... when – yeah, no, I know. And I think I, I agree, too, that that was much better – a much better line than, you know, not having it. But I think in Snyder's mind, he would never even entertain that thought because, like, these guys know what they're doing. They're gods. Like, the fact that Flash already knew his own rules and limits and everything um, and knew exactly, like, what he has to do to, like, turn back time and stuff was, like, you know, he's past the I don't know if I can save someone thing, which is something that Snyder decided to do versus what Wheaton had. Oh, that's to. true. I, I, mean, I agree that I mean, they did establish it with him saving more sense. Iris, so, like, he's already... Yeah, but again. but I do I do agree that Weens makes more sense because he is out of his league with all these <laughs> league with all these um, heroes. Like, there's no doubt he is. Like, he's this is his first real go. But you know, they show him with his costume. They show him saving someone. They show him knowing all the 
the rules, yeah, he I think here he's supposed to be more established already. Which is weird because it's the same movie, but just that little character tweak is a pretty big one. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I guess that might do it for this episode. Unless you guys Are we have, have three else? epilogues back to back like they did. Oh god, I forgot about that <laughs> epilogue. Should we talk I, about that real I, quick? Yeah, because we just did a fake ending, so now I have to do the epilogue. It's perfect. Um First of all, I do want to say real quick, I know a lot of people were hounding it for like, oh, why it ends and then it ends and then it ends. I'm 98% sure that those repeat endings are supposed to be credit scenes, one mid, one end, but he moved them up because he wanted the very final thing on the screen to be that was dedicated to his daughter. So anyone that's like, I'm not saying like you can't knock it, but I'm pretty sure anyone that's like, why are there three endings? I think those were the stingers and it scooed the stingers out of the way of the dedication. I don't think there's some weird he doesn't know how to end something or he never he doesn't want to stop. I think it was just like structurally they had to shift it to make the dedication work is my guess. Because if you paste them mid-credit, end-credit, they sequence perfectly with any other stinger in any other superhero movie. So just to put that at the sure. front before we get into what was in the epilogue, I think that's why it is how it is. Now, uh, with that said, what was that epilogue? <laughs> that was Zach teasing something that may or may not happen at this point. Depending mm-hmm. on what Warner Brothers wants to do, um, I I saw, well, you know, on Twitter, people praising the interaction between Batman and Joker as like this is the best interaction depicted on screen. Like this yeah, is better than was... Heath and uh, nope. Bale in the Dark Knight. I just thought to myself, you guys are out of your goddamn mind if you think <laughs> this was anywhere near the. If, if this had the gravitas that that scene in the Dark Knight had, what it had was the bluntness and the anger. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that was it. The dialogue wasn't great, but it had like a, a side of Batman being angry that even Dark Knight didn't show because he didn't say the f word. So you know that means he's mad. Yeah, but yeah, it was. I was very intrigued about the concept of a team up like that um, with you know Joker and and batman and literally the guy that just said to go kill batman now being on his side that uh, yeah, stroke like it was true. it was mira was, was there oh yeah to... mira had a british yeah, accent in this movie which she didn't have in justice yes. league and she didn't have an aquaman <laughs> and she's being recast now so it's all irrelevant oh, anyway okay there you go uh yeah amber heard's gonna be not playing her anymore it's gonna be um oh who was it it just slipped my mind but they just uh rumored to be recasting her oh oh, oh amelia clark oh okay yeah well, yeah Amber Heard sucks. Um, so does Shani Depp. They're they're both yeah. terrible. So what a mess that was. The two yeah. of them. Yeah. But um, yeah. Like I was honestly ignoring the Joker Batman dialogue, um, which I didn't think. I think to be fair to Joker, uh, to Jared Leto, the Joker he played here felt a little more Jokery than a Joker in Suicide Squad. But that's only because oh, yeah, here absolutely. it felt like he was emulating like the 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 what is the like he, it didn't feel like. Suicide Squad, as weird as his Joker was with damage on forehead, it felt like he kind of made the character his own. Here, he felt like he was like, okay, well, what are the, like, liner, like, how do I do Joker? Like, what are the, like, key check boxes I have to check? Let me just check those. So it kind of felt like it was, like, an imitation of a Joker versus a Joker, but it felt more like the Joker than his other Joker. How many times can I say Joker in a sentence? Um, but yeah, I, I, so yeah, the dialogue, whatever, but I, I was intrigued by the setup. I feel like if they were to do a movie with an evil Superman, it might be a little, mm, I don't know. But the, the concepts that they were showing were of interest to me. I just don't know if they can actually execute on them should they have the opportunity. Yeah. Right. If that makes sense. Okay, well, I guess there we will end it. Let us know what you thought about the Snyder Cut. 
in the comment section below on the blog post. <laughs> or headphones. YouTube. We talked about those too. Yeah. <laughs> on YouTube, we are RamNintendo.com. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcasting app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, everything else. Um, Pandora. Follow us on Twitter. We are at RamNintendo. Individually, Jason is JSR7. Angel is W-E-I-R-O underscore O, Wero underscore O. And I'm uh, KVN Gomi. Next week, we will have a brand new episode of uh, Random Nintendo. What are we talking about? Uh, I don't think anything comes Yeah, we'll have a new Random Nintendo. Uh, well, what, one thing we're doing, we'll see where the news cycle goes. Um, but one thing we're doing is we're announcing the winners of our $25 eShop credit giveaway. If you haven't entered yet and want a free 25 bucks, go to Random After you subscribe and follow all those things Kevin said, go to episode 250's blog post and leave a comment telling us your favorite competitive game, non-Nintendo or Nintendo, and you'll be entered to win it. Wait, doesn't Monster Hunter episode. come out this week? It does. Is anyone buying it in time? I would assume Angel is. He's not. Or is he? Huh. Angel? Angel, let's put you on the spot. Are you going to buy it? You are. I am going to buy it, but I wouldn't be ready to talk about it then and there. Mm. Well, we'll get. Uh, you know, one thing we'll have. I uh, have been I'll, watching the Play Power need a few documentary. Weeks for that. I've been watching Play Power documentary, so if we don't have Monster Hunter, we at least have impressions of that, which is it's interesting. It's yeah, interesting. I would say hold off. Um, expect Monster Hunter later so I could get more fleshed out thoughts on, I guess, the game overall. Because, yeah, the beginnings are usually pretty slow that I'm not, I feel like there isn't going to be anything really new to speak of. But, yeah. Either way, it's worth following and subscribing us because it's all coming down the pipe at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a save if I've ever done one. Cool. And, uh, we will leave you guys there. Thank you for listening to this episode. Jason, take us out. Uh, Martian Manhunter should be landing right about now for our second epilogue. (laughs) 